Hey, everybody, what's up? It's your boys. <laughs> I didn't know we were starting. I thought, <laughs> that's fine. We're here. We're here we here. go. That's it. Yep. The We're boys, not doing the boys are here. It's not, yeah, it's not <laughs> enough time. Oh, we got to get this out. Ready to go. We got to go. And speaking of going, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw neither, the whale. And neither one of us cried. Nope, um, not at all. Not, and we didn't cry drop. during the podcast where we were talking about it. Definitely not. We didn't cut <laughs> cut sections of the podcast where we cried. Uh, we go see this movie. It's a real good movie. Uh, if you didn't see it, you probably at least know that it's uh, Brandon Fraser's return to heavyweight cinema. Well, I didn't. I, that, I meant like heavyweight boxing. Not. Like, oh, I wasn't trying to do like a pun or anything. To real I thought serious you were making acting. a reference to the film. Uh, no, I, just, I don't include Doom Patrol. Is what I'm trying to not include. I see. <laughs> Is he in that? He's the robot. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't include that. Got it. That's fair. I mean, I like his character in it, but I wouldn't but say that's like, you I know, understand. like serious acting, you know? Yeah. Tell that to all the other people in, in Doom Patrol. Oh, no. I mean, the I, I can't remember her name. The one uh, Latina lady. <laughs> oh, what's her name? She's, I don't know. I have not seen a, this. I don't she has, she has, she's like schizophrenic. She's real good in the show. She's like 80 people at one time. And then the other lady, the goo lady's good actor. I think if we're judging acting skill based on the amount of characters you can play at one time, I think Eddie Murphy is maybe one of the best actors in the world. Is that what we're saying? Those were like, I wouldn't say that's at one time. That's cut together to be okay. at one time. Got it. Back to the bottom. Uh, but not <laughs> not saying he's bad either. It's just like when you can flip that switch and like like have a conversation with yourself. Uh huh. As two different people. What's McAvoy? So good. he's good then in Split. Is yeah. That what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Stuff like that. Best actor in in the world. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's pretty good. Okay. I especially liked the Wanted when he hit somebody with a keyboard and it spelled out. Uh, yes. Your favorite phrase. That is good acting. <laughs> yes. When you can do that with a keyboard. That's the tippy top. I remember of trying to learn that. that in Acting 101. Oh, you just the, cover I up every not. key on the keyboard except those. See, I didn't know that. I, I just, yeah, see, yeah, I yeah. didn't catch it. <laughs> he did, though. He got it. He passed that class. I think that one was CGI. <laughs> but no. I, I, I heard he did it in real life. They just didn't yeah. film it. They were no, like, we'll, we'll they, CGI this, and he's like, what? That's where this. they got the idea. <laughs> they saw him do it. In real life. <laughs> Well, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we're talking about the whale and uh, a bunch of other of Aronofsky's work. We talk all about about the Ender's Game series as well, and a little bit of spoilers there. So, if you haven't heard this before, know that we're this is a conversation. It's not really a review. We like to talk about movies and other stuff. So, who knows if we stay on topic yeah. today? But we like to spoil a lot of stuff. So, if you haven't seen the whale, basically after the break. It's all all fair all game spoilers. after that. So uh, go see the movie. We spoil seen every it. Aronofsky film that we talk about. Yeah, we don't we don't do too much in this one, but we you know, but you know, be on your toes. Anyways, let's jump right in. We're doing it. thing is is now you and i are getting older we're not old yet but we're getting older 
and I'm I'm terrified of like what it is that I'm missing. <laughs> like, what's the thing that I'm so confused about that I'm like, eh, I don't want to try to understand it. I mean, you know? the the only thing I can even think of is stuff like Snapchat, where it doesn't tell you how to use it, mm-hmm. or that's like part of the fun of using the app. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can do that, and like a teenager will be like, you didn't know you could do that. It's like. Bro, I just installed this app five seconds ago. No, I didn't know I could do that. Like, I don't even... <laughs> did it say I could do that? Get out of here, you little punk. <laughs> See? We're old. There you go. Yeah, so we're already... All, that's what I'm saying. We're already... In some ways, we're our generation's already doing that. But it's with stuff like... Like that, social media apps, who really don't tell you... Like, TikTok doesn't tell you how to use TikTok. Yeah. It's just like here you go. It's like it's, yeah, it's an, what do, it's what do I do? Assumed that you know kind of how to use that that setup. But yeah. Oh, if I hit if I hit home again, it loads a new video. Okay, I I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that all day. And then Instagram can't decide if it or Instagram or Snapchat. I literally can't even remember. Instagram can't decide if it wants you to scroll up or down or sideways, and it keeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just wants to be TikTok so bad. <laughs> Pay his attention. It's we like, but you, you were made Facebook for you were made as a as a professional like photo gallery, online photo gallery, and they're like, yeah, but just all the all the cool people are over there dancing, <laughs> and uh, just you know you like Facebook. Go Get in here. Them. Get in here. Come on. <laughs> Not in this stuffy little gallery with all your come on art come on. photos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think if they really wanted to, they could just push and get TikTok banned. Well, I mean, we do stuff for, like social media for, you know, work. We know that or, it's like, okay, know, if we push something on Facebook, <laughs> if we push something on Facebook, we're basically reaching people who are like 35 and older, pretty much only them. There are exceptions, but for the most part. Then it's like Instagram is kind of like we're catching the uh, most people younger than 35. But that's quickly dropping off. And so if we actually want to reach people that are younger than like 20, you kind of have to do Snapchat or TikTok. I can't believe And Snapchat's a weird thing for a business to have. So is TikTok. It's like a little less. It's less. So Snapchat's so weird. I just don't like when businesses have social media accounts anyways. Is it just seems weird, Snapchat? Yeah, I mean to us because it's like it was introduced as kind of like, oh, it's a secret way I can communicate and, and stuff disappeared. And now yeah. it's like, no, that's just how you communicate. <laughs> like, like of course it disappears. <laughs> Why would it stay around? Like you know, and so it's like, what are you a thousand? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you using print over there? <laughs> This is a block. I'm just trying to use Vistaprint, and I keep signing up for a dang credit card. What are, what are you, a, a Zanga enthusiast? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it was like uh, back when MySpace was on, all the real cool people had a Zanga. It was like an online diary. Oh, God. Where you could read their, I mean, a web blog. Oh, their important thoughts. A web blog, but it was a personal web blog. Yeah. I don't know if I want to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, 
There's a lot to talk about. It's just, <laughs> yeah. that's the problem is there's a lot to talk. I'm a, little, I'm a little worried that this is going to be another All Quiet on the Western Front <laughs> episode for me, which is part of the reason why I'm drinking a monster. <laughs> I don't really drink energy drinks that often, although I've had two monsters in the last four days. Oh, and we have a very strict time. We have, uh, very, well, kind of. We can just wave them away. <laughs> Get out of here. There's other rooms. What do you think about... Uh... So I, what, what happens when we die? Get what happens? Go <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I just, I'm trying not to make this another Randy cries episode, <laughs> although it might be. Man, yeah. Um, uh, for a while, I've been thinking about how, just like how overly melodramatic this is. Like every line just seems like, and now he'll cry when he says that, and now he'll cry, and I'm like. Why am I okay with this? I finally decided, and I, I told you this like mm-hmm. last night. I went like, Darren Aronofsky is opera. And I decide <laughs> when I'm going to see that, that I'm okay with that. But then mm-hmm. when another, if another movie, like I went and it suddenly turned into this, I, it would turn me off. Mm. I Well, maybe. Because mm-hmm. we, we've even made fun of some other movies here and it's like so melodramatic so silly like just so over the top but that's one like this every it felt like every line was like a bit of a gut punch Mm -hmm. to get you to shed a tear and but it worked like it is and it works and it's terrible Mm -hmm. but i mean yeah just every everything out of this dude's mouth everything you see him do it's just like, oh man, that's terrible. And then on top of it all, he doesn't care anything about himself. He's only doing it. He's doing everything he can for his kid just to set her up and like to, to have a better life than he did. Mm. But yeah, every single thing in the whole movie is just like watching it the second time is, is when I kind of was feeling more of that and then like the first time watching it i think i cried three like three or four times there was there were four people in the audience the first time i watched it and i was alone and all other people were alone so it's like we had all come like knowing (laughs) this is gonna make us cry and we didn't want to be with other people but like what was funny is like something wouldn't get me but it got like guy in quadrant a and i would hear like a, <gasps> and then i mean that would make me uh-huh. <laughs> and then like lady at the far end of my row would think of, <laughs> and like <laughs> so it's just like a circle where where we're all like four times more likely to cry because when you when someone else cries you cry or you're at least more likely to i feel like but yeah so there's a lot more crying for me that time but watching it the second time with you, I had talked about how much I liked it with my brother. And mm-hmm. my brother was like, yeah, it's just really melodramatic. I mean, it's still good. And I was like, yeah, it is. And I was thinking about that the whole time. And then it it, it got all the way to the end. And I was like, this isn't going to hit me. And then the music starts swelling with the Aronofsky swell. And then it like hit that white screen. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's still dead. Like, yeah, the ending still. Just, I, th- I mean, I guess it's just the swell of the music. Like, Maybe. it's just like, 
No, you're going to cry now. <laughs> you're going to cry. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're well, right. The, I mean, so the term, like, melodramatic is, I think it's often considered, uh, people think of it as being synonymous with just bad. I think people use it as a way to be, like, if you say drama, you're thinking, oh, yeah, then that's good storytelling. If you say melodramatic, it's like, no, it's sappy and, and awful. And it's like, well, no. It's just, it's leaning into the emotional side of storytelling more heavily than uh, a typical drama would. And it's meant to be like heightened emotion and heightened reactions and just bigger responses to things. And much like opera yeah. is, it's very over the top. But now, usually, it usually can the connotation be bad. is like they're reaching. Sure. And they're they're like, don't you want to That's the thing. I think now? if I think something when people think of think of something that is melodramatic and they're thinking, "Oh, that's bad." I think they're the picture in people's minds at least for me is something that like you said is reaching. They're they're over they're going over the top. They're going too big way bigger than anything that they're dealing with, anything like of substance that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. merits. To the point where it's like, okay, that's melodramatic because it's what you're talking about isn't that dramatic. You're just making a bigger deal of it than it deserves. And so I think those times are when you're like, ugh, this is melodramatic. It's so ugh. But, yeah, but even, this movie didn't feel like that. Silly, dramatic. Or Maybe. Something. I don't know. Uh, this this didn't feel like that to me. This felt like the first every... the first time watching it, it did not that because that word wasn't even in my head. Uh-huh. But then, you feel differently the second time. Well, that that's what I was saying. I talked to him about it, and that word was in my head. Do you think it was because you were watching it through that lens, or do you think probably? Like... Yeah, but then I got to the point where I was like, I am okay. like I'm already okay with it. Why? Mm-hmm. And then it, it took me about a week to just go. It's opera, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that I think it is melodramatic, but I never once questioned where it was coming from. And I always felt like, to borrow to borrow from the film, uh, that it was being honest with me. Uh, and that it's... Yeah. When it dipped into those heavy emotions and those very, like, sweeping sort of moments, I believed it. And I felt like, yeah, this is genuine. And I think the fact that it was genuine made me lean in more to it uh it made me not check out whereas something that's like melodramatic like say to borrow from (laughs) star wars uh (laughs) revenge of the sith or no attack of the clones the romantic scenes on naboo when they're professing their love for each other and it's like okay this is silly because clearly there is no chemistry between these two people And they're they're playing this up like it's this big dramatic thing, like oh our love is just so deep and we just we just can't be together. It's like no one believes this. This is not genuine. Remember when Kylo and Ren at the <laughs> or yeah at the end of Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> the film <laughs> that shall not be named uh, that I just named. So it's like that. I think it's to me it has something to do with how genuine the story is, how genuine the film is, and in this case I felt like. The whale was genuine from beginning to end. I might feel differently watching it again. I came in with a lot of freaking baggage. And so I projected the crap out of yeah, this movie. The, yeah, well, like, the first time through, did not question anything, was uh-huh. was all in. Loved it. And I kind of even felt like maybe I liked it too much. <laughs> that's okay. I felt the same way. 
I feel the same way, mostly because I I went to Letterboxd immediately afterwards to find yeah. out what people thought about and, it, and everybody and was everybody's like, eh. like half a star, yeah, utter trash, garbage, like uh, all this I stuff. Think a lot of those reviews <clears throat> are like, this movie's fat phobic, blah blah. blah. Well, okay, there were those, but I'll be honest, I did not. I don't think that that's the case, and so I just sort of ignored those reviews because I don't think those ones are actually. Those feel yeah, like reactions. I don't know that I've not, seen any whatever. half a star ratings that that weren't like. Let me you read know, you a couple. <laughs> you know, like like woke reviews. <clears throat> oh, they might be woke. Who knows? I think woke's becoming the term we use for people who think they know more than everybody else, but they don't actually know anything. I mean, that's the thing. Not yet. But when you get older, you know more stuff. Just hang on to what you know. Quit being so arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Arrogance, yeah, has a lot to do with it. Uh, let's see here. Hold on, let me find this. And like, not not even that, but like, like back up. Like half the stuff you're saying, I I agree with. Co- quit coming at me. <laughs> like, yeah. Get out of here. It like okay, so this is my favorite one, and by favorite, it's like the worst. It just says uh, it's by a guy or a person named Silent Dawn. Um, they gave it a half a star, and then they say Simple Jack for Aronofsky heads, or maybe his Norbit. Darren's latest case in miserableism is an A24 produced the- theatrical adaptation that functions as both a Sacharine weepy for people who use the hashtag Brendanessance hashtag. And those who wish that my 600-pound life somehow had less artistic integrity. So it's like pretty like, like just the fact that he's saying it's simple Jack for Aronofsky heads. One, it's like an attack on people who like his films, which is so weird because it's like you're not, you're not even like judging the film. You're like judging people who liked the movie, which is Immediately, I was like, "Why? Why?" That's like even coming what? off judging, like you like people who like his other movies. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you not like his other movies? Me? Yeah, the guy. Oh, who yeah. Wrote oh I have no idea. I, have not, I did not go through their catalog of that. But you'd be <laughs> like, surprised. He's a half starred so, every Aronofsky. <laughs> the problem is, even even as much of like a jerk this guy's being, if you go through the reviews, they're they're like swing from half a star to five stars, and a lot of five star reviews are hashtag Brendan Assange. and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> just like yes, we get it. Brendan Fraser is like he's excellent in this. He does a very good job. I hope his career continues to can go well. I I think he's great, but beyond that, I actually think the movie's really good, and I went there to give it five stars because I was trying to be like okay. As a, as a piece of art, this movie hit me harder than anything that's hit me in a long time. And mm-hmm. I want to, like, I may be overreacting because of this experience, but but why not? Like, that's how it hit me. Yeah, that's how it the, impacted me. So why wouldn't I just say, this was a beautiful experience for me. Why can't I say five stars? It was beautiful. Maybe I will think differently on the next viewing, but I will always remember that first viewing. Yeah, I've even seen some YouTube reviews of it who have been like honestly it hit me so hard five stars out of five i won't watch it again ever <laughs> it's like i mean okay yeah maybe yeah i don't know if i would watch i think i might because i'd want to share it with people yeah anyways i just felt really like it kind of like so, so many of those half star reviews just made me feel bad for liking it which i think is like 
it's something that I don't ever want to do. And I know I have done on the podcast where I'm like, you're, I don't, I mean, I, I hope I've never come out and been like, you're stupid for liking that. But I know I've definitely I mean, been like, hey, venom, this, yeah, well, we, okay, we did, we did <laughs> okay, guilty, uh, for sure. But I mean, like, no, I, I stand by it. I don't ever want to, I don't want to continue to do that. I want to, I want to get away from that. I want to try <laughs> as hard as I can to just to, you know, especially, and I'm going to use the film again. So when his daughter gives her like sarcastic response to whatever, well, what was it that they were reading? Uh, leaves of grass. Uh, uh, no, something of me for me. Yes, I can't remember. It was a poem. Uh, uh, for, was my, it Walt, for myself. Uh, <clears throat> was it Emerson? It wasn't Emerson. It was Walt. Was it Whitney? Uh, poem for my dead gummit. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you look that up, he tells her what he thinks it's all about, and then she's like. No, it's this, you know, pompous, like, thing. He's full of himself, blah, 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 blah. Which is funny because that's the exact thing that people are saying about this movie. All of the, like, oh, it's full of itself. Like, you know, it's crap. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It may be a fun way for Aronofsky to just kind of throw the reviews for some of his past films back in the face of the reviewers. Because the critics are are saying the exact same thing about this movie. And I think... So Charlie's the main character. Yes, that's his name. Mm-hmm. He, his take is then immediately, well, that's a like, that's an honest response. That's a great perspective. Even though she meant to like hurt him, he's like, wow, that's a great perspective. And so she's kind of like, well, hold on. That's not the response I was, was hoping for. So I think being able to see negative criticism as not necessarily a bad thing, but a, an, a unique perspective on something I think is a good way to look at stuff. And I think this full is this full, this film is full of things like that where Charlie is constantly trying to change the way that we look at the world, even though he is living in a situation that's absolutely awful. And in many ways, uh, his own doing. And I know you mentioned that he was doing a lot of this stuff for his daughter, uh, and yes, that's true. But I also think there's a lot of selfishness that got him to where he is now. Um, mm, yeah, but now he's to the point where well, he, he doesn't uh, feel like he can do anything. I don't know. I mean, and he, and he can't in most ways. He's literally trapped in the apartment building because he so, can't get down the so stairs. His only, so his only hope is continue doing what he, he's doing until he dies. At least exactly. he has this thing that he's been doing for his daughter. Uh, song of myself, Walt Whitman. It was okay. There you go. Uh, in the it's in the book Leaves of Grass. Song of myself. I felt like he corrected her and said he did. Or uh, I think she said song she, for myself, for. and he said it's actually okay. song of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but that shows her opinion of it is like he wrote this for himself, like yeah. he's full of himself, <laughs> you know. And he's like, I see what you did there. Well, I like that too, I guess. <laughs> what are what are some things that you really what are some things that you really liked about the movie? Especially from your first view, and I want to know kind of like your initial reactions to stuff. My I really liked that he couldn't go in the middle bedroom. Yeah. It's like he was locked out of mm-hmm. revisiting his past. 
And the only guy, the only person that really went in was that missionary. Yeah, the missionary digging around for something to pull out to try to change his mind. So it was like this weird, evilish intent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I (laughs) like the, uh, I liked where it didn't show him binge eating yet. It just showed him like kind of eating like maybe not good for you stuff. Yeah. And then one morning he opens a drawer and it's full of candy bars. And he just he's opens one. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And then he like Googles something uh, about how his uh, blood pressure, how high it is, uh-huh. which good grief. <laughs> um, if that's a real number, go to the hospital. <laughs> his systolic was double what you're Re- the diastolic, the resting one should be, or no, his si- no it was double. His his resting one was double what the active one should be. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, she said that number, and I was like, he's al- he's already dead. He's gonna <laughs> die in like ten seconds. He's having a heart attack now. Uh, yeah, so he's just like used to having a heart attack for a week. I liked, uh, but right when he read that, he opened it back up and pulled it back out. Yeah. And just shoved, like, <laughs> two candy bars in his mouth. And it was it was funny to me, but it was also like, oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah. The, the, it came out of nowhere, but uh, him choking to death, mm-hmm. all of the sudden, I when I originally watched it, I don't think I breathed that entire scene and i was just like oh god oh mm-hmm. no he chokes to death oh no oh please oh no and i my, i mean i guess that's a little part i would i choked when i was younger <clears throat> so maybe maybe that pulls a little more out of that scene for me too because sure. god that was freaking terrible but yeah. um but i didn't die so you know i guess i'm a I, I should be okay with this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Should be okay with not. I think the fear of it, like, oh, it could happen again, is <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's real. always, it's always something I think about, and it's like, bro, if you don't chew your food, <laughs> gonna do that again. But yeah, it was so visceral. I don't remember. I tried to pay attention to the music the second time, like what it was doing, to to make me feel that like nasty. Yeah. While it was happening, I don't, I, I couldn't pay attention the second time either. It was just like, oh no, he's choking. This is the choke part. Oh god! I try, I tried to remind myself to pay attention to catch what it was doing, and I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but and even the second time, I was just like, oh, I know he lives, but oh, this yeah. sucks. Like you could feel it, um, especially I, when she's like doing the Heimlich and she's having to like literally throw herself. Yeah. Onto the back, onto his back, just to try to do to do a simple high mic maneuver. You're just like, oh god, oh man, like it hurts. And they they did do like one big, uh, like bass sound effect where it was like, mm-hmm. like this, yeah, like this really deep drum kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was nasty. I would have liked to see more of the mom. Mm. We even have like a phone call earlier on. I saw someone reviewing it who was like, his daughter just happens to show up the second day. And I was like, well, he was flipping through his phone. I assumed he texted her, called her. Um, Yeah, I was wondering if I was like, am I the only one that thinks that? No, it's it's pretty obvious. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, watching it the second time, I was like, he obviously called her the night before to come that morning. I just guessed that she didn't know where he lived. And so now him going like that. And then she shows up because she's curious, but also wants to give him a piece of her mind, you know? So Yeah, and ooh. She's so mean. She is, like, but even, why wouldn't you be? Even, I mean, like, especially yeah. if you walk in and you find him, like, you'd but be like, like what the like, heck is going on? Posting stuff on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's pretty rough. Like, like there'll be a grease fire in hell when this dude dies. I, yeah. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> a bit much. I think we can all agree that that's overly mean <laughs> for, <clears throat> for really no reason. And yeah, the whole time she was taking photos, I was like, "What's she gonna do with those photos?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I don't." I honestly, I had ideas, but I would have, I would have tossed that phone out of her hand so mm-hmm. hard. Well, I don't know if I was Charlie. I guess I couldn't. I guess that's the point. If I was the missionary, I, I mean, if I was I the think, missionary dude, like yeah. I would have sat there going, "Why are you taking pictures?" Maybe, of me? maybe it's uh, you know, uh, we're as a culture, we are very like sensitive to everything now. Everything is very like you can't say anything that is even mildly offensive to any group <laughs> at all without you know risking backlash and i think that might be his sort of like critique of that way of living just because he sort of represents her pretty awful like way of communicating things to the world as a way of just putting tr- like her being honest and by being honest even though it is like cruel it's helping people for the better because it's allowing sort of secrets to come to light and then they're free of and it would be better having to, to just bear be that by themselves. In the first place. It'd be better to like just let your sins be out in the world than to hide with them. And I say sins loosely just because of the context of the film, but I don't know. There's a really great book by Oh, goodness. I can't remember his name. But uh, Ender's Game is the first book. The second book is called Speaker for the Dead. And if you have read Ender's Game, uh, but you have not read any of the other books in that series, I highly recommend it. If you haven't read Ender's Game, read that one first and then go through it. But Speaker for the Dead sort of takes a turn. The series kind of turns in a different, very different direction. And that whole book sort of is built off the premise of somebody who goes into the lives of the family and friends left behind after someone has died and they spend time with them usually like three to six months. I think it is. And then after that time period, they have a speaking and that person, this outsider will then basically they'll have a memorial service for the person and they will tell the truth about the person. They will, they're basically detectives that learn everything they can about this person that died and then they talk about their their flaws, the things that made them good, things that made them bad, their sins, the things, the way that they blessed people. They just go into all of it. And it's some pretty, like, the one that the book sort of circles around, some of the stuff that they mentioned is, like, pretty rough. And it's the things, like, you know, a person, you know, in this case, it's a it's a father who... Uh, is has was abusive to his children, and you know when you have the funeral, the initial funeral, it's like nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. Ah, he was a hard worker. Yeah, he was always worked hard for his family. You know all the, you know all this stuff that's like people try to find good things to say. You know like, you know he's always there if you needed him. You know, but no one talks about what everyone already knows. 
And so the idea is that like speaking these things out in the open and allowing them to sort of like catch air allows everybody to breathe easy for a second and be like, okay, we're all, we all know, we know the truth. And now we can actually just get past that. And we can see this person as a human being who had faults and there's some forgiveness there and grace and things that come to pass through that. It's very, very beautiful. So I think there's a little bit of that in this movie and in, at points. And I like that. So yeah. What, watching it, at least in her, like, pers- like, yeah. you know, watching it the first time, it was really hard to see what her character was even doing. Other than like, she's mean. She's mean. Yeah. And he, and he thinks, that she's the greatest. <laughs> like, um, yeah. No, Charlie, you're just mistaken. Like, you're just you mistaken. Just, you just like your daughter too much. Yeah. I, okay. So, yeah. I know. I just talked forever. Well, I mean, I mean, but like watching it again, you you do kind of see like she's the she's like she she's the representation of fate. She's the representation of the truth will out. Mm-hmm. Even if it is really mean, and there's this there's this thing about yeah, like what you're talking about, like Gen Z, where it does kind of come off mean and abrasive, even if they do have a good intent behind it. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie's the one who sees the good intent behind it, really only as he's dying, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then he like he sees that <laughs> even if it is really mean. She's great, and she's let she it, it it worked out especially to the missionary kid's benefit. Mm-hmm. So it should work out to his benefit too, right? But yeah, watching it the first time, I'd say I was more like, "She's so mean." Yeah. <laughs> Why so mean? But I I do like the Gen Z being someone to be scared of. I think White Lotus plays with that, yeah, a little bit or a lot with with its Gen Z characters. Mm-hmm. And the like, the Gen X mom and dad, Steve Zahn and his mm-hmm. wife. I can't. I don't know the actress's name, but she's Nicole Mossbacher in the in the show. They're like they come off as afraid yeah. of their kids, like afraid that they'll be judged. And then, and then, like no matter what they do, it's never good enough. Yeah, they do get judged, and then finally, they like one night. When they kind of make up during the day because he saves her, that night they team up and they're just like, "Oh yeah, well your generation, you like tear people." (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you wait a little time, come back to where we are, judge us, judge yourself. Yeah, but I liked I liked that, and I liked that neither side really won. Yeah, it was just like, uh, well, you know, I'm tired of being judged. Quit. Please quit judging me for 10 seconds. Try to enjoy yourself on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? Give up all your money? No one's going to give up all their money and power and yeah, hand it over to someone else. <laughs> and she's like, I would. I, w- I would. You're right. I wouldn't. But yeah, I liked. I mean, I guess this is just a different way of getting that same point across, but it felt more. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> It's not less confrontational, less hateful, less spiteful. Like, like she's still like, I do love my mom and dad, though. But this, like, in the whale, Sadie Sink is just like, 
I literally hate all of you. Quit talking to me. You're all idiots. Yeah. So it, it's a little hard to get over to get over that initial, like, because I just hated her. Is all I felt mm. really. And uh, I mean, even at the end, <laughs> even at the very end, when it's like the music swelling and he's literally dying, walking over to her, crying with tears in his eyes, like, "You're the best." It, it, to me, the first time was still like. It's great that you think that, man, but she is a terror. <laughs> but yeah, this at least watching it the second time, I was more like, okay, she's fine. Or, she's fine. Or <laughs> hopefully she will be fine. And maybe, maybe her heart is in a place where it's at least trying to do good, even if it's just like exposing literally ex- do, doing something no one asked her to do and exposing people's lies mm-hmm. if she thinks that's for their benefit you know but still that's terrible don't don't do that to people <laughs> don't don't be her but in this case i guess it was okay i want to i want to talk about that a little bit i want to dive into that actually a lot something that i have enjoyed about Aronofsky's films, I think all the way back to The Wrestler. It's possible that it was in some of his earlier stuff, but I don't... Wait, no, was The Wrestler... Wrestler was post-Fountain, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, back to The Fountain at least. Maybe further beyond that, but I don't remember the Requiem for a Dream all that much. I did see it when I was in high school. And I thought, I don't want to watch this movie ever again. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, was, was that was a movie that I awful. was like, that was fantastic. I'm never going to see this again because it just made me so sad. I mean, like, um, yeah, that and Clockwork Orange. You're like, well, I haven't seen Clockwork Orange. Fan- oh, dude. Fantastic. I've heard, but I... Never watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been timid. Like, there's been times where I'm like, well, I got the house to myself. You know, I don't have to worry about, you know my daughter like being around oh, or, or like, do you know, it, yeah. but then I'm like, all the Kubrick, I don't know if all I really want to watch this. One. All the Kubrick stuff is like that for me. It's like, Oh my God. So good. I never want to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen enough clips from it that I'm like, yeah, just timid about it. So, uh, but anyways, oh, back th- throughout his work, he is constantly, I, I really appreciate his, I, anytime, any sort of filmmaker, storyteller wrestles with the idea of God. I'm, I'm there. I'm just really all about that. I don't really care where they end up at the end. They can come out believing in God 100%. They can come out halfway. They can come out, you know, denying his existence and I'm okay with it. But I just love when people wrestle with God and because most of the time what they're really wrestling with is humanity's representation of God. And their interaction with that. So, you know, butting up against the institutions of the church in one way or another. You know, Aronofsky's, I believe he's Jewish, so he's coming out from that perspective. Uh, but he's also, I mean, most people are in North America are familiar with Christianity in some way or another. You know, Protestant Christianity. Yeah, that's why, um, that's why we all hated Noah before. <laughs> For some that's why we, yeah. Everyone's like, no, but that's not real <laughs> so um okay. well i actually want to talk about Noah. we've talked about the fountain on the podcast before and so i think there's a little bit of this there but something that he 
dives into in Noah is God's forgiveness. And there's so many times when you see something and talks, oh, God, so he's just, he's got love, he's forgiveness, and all that. but you just don't see, like you hear it, you are told these things, but you don't see any good representations of it. And I know this is weird, but Noah, like, really struck me. There's a particular, if you haven't seen Noah, it's, it's a weird movie, but it, ha- it has these, like, rock giants in it and they're they're basically like not quite fallen angels but angels that have sort of been banished from from god's service the the nephilim everyone knows the nephilim so there's a scene towards the end of the film where without going into too much detail they are essentially given a second chance and they have every right to sort of be bitter and angry and frustrated with how they've been treated and how they've been shunned. But when sort of like God opens up and allows them to kind of come back into his presence again, they celebrate and that, but it's a, it's such a humble celebration. It's not a, yeah, finally we deserve to be up here. It's a, we are so just absolutely grateful and undeserving of this blessing. And it's just such a, I'm doing a terrible job describing it. You just need to watch the movie. I just was uh, so overcome with, I guess, with just with emotion, which is how much I felt like that was such a good representation of how much God loves his creation. Obviously, for those of you listening that are not Christians, this may not, you may not care that much about it. Uh, bear with me. But it was something that was important to me and something that, I have continued to think about a lot. And so in this movie, there is a lot about God in it. Charlie's ex-partner was a Christian of sorts involved in a pseudo Jehovah's Witness, like religion, kind of slightly Mormon, slightly Jehovah's, sort of like a collection of like all these like negative sides of things. 144,000 comment was like a Jehovah's Witnesses. Or if it was from him. Or if it was just a direct read. Yeah. Apart from that, you know, there's a reason we see that his partner, we don't even see it, we just hear about it the whole time, that his partner has basically faded away. You know, literally like died because of like starvation. Mm. And all because he he felt like his quote-unquote sin of being homosexual was unforgivable and that God could never love him. And and there was more to it, but that's kind of the gist. And then in, you know, well, yeah, like he was being cast out of, he was being cast out of his, his family. family. He was being his, all these things yeah, that were circle of friends, his church right. family, all of it, which are all things that are absolutely awful and in no way represent what God teaches, like what Jesus sort of, how Jesus taught his followers to live and so when you see his followers and you see basically human representations of God on earth and they're completely flawed and terrible, it's easy to be like, well, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I don't want that. And so if we mix that up and we say, well, that is God, well, then, yeah, of course we hate God. Of course we hate who God is. Well, but what I, I mean, think Aronofsky's I mean, doing... Even to the point where you say you follow this thing and his teachings, and it's like, but you don't, but you don't. Mm-hmm. here i don't want anything to do with that 
But yeah, so, I mean, same sort of thing. But may, but maybe not like rejecting the almighty power. But re, I mean, even seeing what you see around you, you're just like, okay, if that's how it is, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, what I'm getting at is that yeah, yeah. this whole time, Charlie is very calmly, for the most part, just like I, I'm not. I'm not interested when this missionary kid is trying to, you know, he's like, I'm not interested. He's respectful. He understands why it's appealing and, you know, all that stuff, but he's not, he's willing to have a conversation, but he's not interested, not interested in that, in that God and that, in that belief system and all that, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. And if you read the film in that way, you can kind of come off being like, yeah, the filmmaker has some issues with God or the playwright has some issues with God and that's it. But honestly, at the same exact time that our main character is saying all this stuff, like, yeah, I don't believe in God. I don't believe this stuff. I don't like this. I don't like this idea that, you know, only some of us get to go to heaven and others don't and blah, blah, goes on and on and on. And yet continually throughout the film, Charlie is, apart from his flaws, a very Christ-like figure. Like he is acting in a way, in the way that Christ teaches us to act. He sees people for who they are. He doesn't judge them. A- apart from... He believes that there is good in them, even when they are doing evil. Yeah, apart from maybe not being able to forgive himself. Right. Like yeah. I said, he's not a perfect Christ figure, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. fine. He doesn't have to be. Yeah. But there, are, I think these are there are examples in the things that he does, the way that he sees others... That are like, well, this is who, yeah, this I mean, is even, who Aronofsky even, believes even God is. End, like, he this like is, raises to heaven and he has like this yeah. pose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I just thought that was beautiful. I thought like, I don't know, I really love that. And so it's hard for me to, I don't know. A lot, I've talked to people who thought that this film was you, very hopeless no. and depressing. <laughs> and um, you watched the wrong movie. I I thought no, I like I broke. You were there next to me. I literally covered my face and my hands and was like heaving. Like I was sobbing. I've never cried harder in a movie. And I, I was crying because I was so freaking happy. Yeah. Like I was so overcome with joy that I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to express it other than just sobbing right in the theater. I was just trying to hold my tears in and I just like literally just put my face in my hands and was just like breathing, just like hyperventilating. And I'm just like, I can't, like, this is such a, such an amazing picture of what God's love is really like. And I just was overwhelmed by it. And I know that that's, that's cheesy and probably, you know, quote unquote melodramatic to a lot of people, but it's just like, yeah, it was, I was overwhelmed by it. And there are some, there's some stuff in there. I mean, that kind of get me no matter what. I mean, it's already a father daughter thing. So I'm like, all right, well. You, if you know me, if you've listened to any of this podcast, then you know Randy that, that it's like on. a. If I'm you want me to cry, <laughs> just put a dad and a daughter in there. I've been a dad for a year and a half, and I'm already like, oh. Ah. And uh, so, honestly, the whole thing where you know Sadie Sink's character is just like, I just like I, the whole time I was like, man, like I can't imagine doing something or making choices that would ever lead to my daughter having to live a less than ideal life, whatever that might be, you know, like if, if she had to like, if she had anything in her life that was worse because of something I did, that would just kill me. 
And so that's basically his movies. He made a lot of mistakes in, in mistakes isn't like he just left his family behind. He didn't, you know, and there you can go back and forth. They fought, whatever. It's all complicated. Nobody's, yeah, but nobody's I right. Mean, nobody's even, wrong. Even more along with the analogy of him being like, even if in that time he's a Christ figure, cause he's acting out of love. His wife rejects him. Did she mm-hmm. go to church? Was she a church I don't member? think so. No. Okay, I was going to say maybe like I don't think it needs to be that one to one. I just think Yeah, but I, I just mean like even that almost fits, you know, like sure. like she's not she doesn't know him because someone else was getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Like like what like what I was talking about, like what we were talking about when you see other people not act the way that is being taught or not act, especially with like forgiveness and stuff. It's yeah. like, if they don't forgive, well, I don't want anything to do with that. Sort of, sort of like that. And her mom was kind of in the way. Yeah. Not letting her forgive at first. So it grew and it festered into this like pure hatred, like pure rejection of what would have been good, like a good relationship. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, uh, I mean, there's that line at the end. Sadie says, "Daddy, please," and I'm like, "Come on, can't do that. It's a low blow." <laughs> the one I'll give that one, one to nice all the people that gave this had. movie a half star. <laughs> the, to all the people that gave this movie a half star, I will give you that one because that one was just like, okay, it, uh, are you just trying yeah. to make me cry? Because like that's gonna do it, but that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, and she was standing in the same spot where she had been demanding yeah. before and even demanding something that she knew he couldn't do. Yeah. But she's standing in that same spot asking him to do the same impossible thing yeah, or another impossible thing. And, and she has no hope other than daddy, please. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's a desperate <laughs> plea for sure. Yep. I like that scene. I, I think that that scene, even though it is a bit cheesy, I, I think in my mind, it didn't happen. Uh, in my mind, he died on the couch. But in his death, I think he sees that he's made a breakthrough with his daughter finally. And he's able to, like, muster up the strength to stand and then, you know, essentially go to whatever is beyond. I listened to our previous episode, uh, Banshees of Inishirin, if you want to know more about the afterlife. <laughs> well... I, well, I will say that's maybe one part I didn't like. What? But the Moby Dick of it all. I like, mean, I get the allegories like her poem of it. and stuff, or just the connection to it, or especially, especially how like Not her poem. The uh, that's, review. That's his. That's the best essay he's ever heard. It's like, I mean, I get it. It's your daughter's thing, and the whole thing is an allegory telling you what it's an allegory of. That's fine. But Moby Dick. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and be on the side of the film in this case. That's I mean, fine. I'm only knocking it down to a four point nine, you know. A four point nine. But, <laughs> but I liked that part. Out of all the literature that you could have been like an allegory of, you're like Moby Dick. Yeah, but who cares? Like all that's st- like okay, Moby Dick, sure. I whatever, it's great. But I mean like it's not Moby Dick. It's the freaking like connection with his daughter that she how she connected with a piece of art and how it made her feel and she t- 
tells how it makes her feel. Like that right there is, I don't know. When I share something with someone and they have a genuine reaction with it or a genuine connection with it, even if that connection is different than my own connection to it, I'm like more than happy because it's like you found something that taps into like your soul. And I don't know. I love that. Like I love that. I mean, I can relate to it in, in a way, you know, I know that as my own daughter grows up that I'm going to be completely over the top for everything that she, you know, seeing her learn things now is already overwhelming to be like, wow, like I was a part of like helping you understand this simple thing. And yet I know that that simple thing is going to be part of the foundation of your life. But, but I mean, okay, but hear me out. What if, (laughs) (laughs) what if her allegorical connection for the rest of her life is the 1993 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Maybe. I mean, but there's I don't not know. A, there's like, not a part in your head that goes. I like, need to read that essay. TMNT. Maybe she wrote that essay and it wasn't. <laughs> and that's the one he cho- didn't choose. You know, like so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, all right, fair enough. You didn't. You didn't say you hated it. Yeah. I Nobody don't know. likes the if movie I, Noah, and I just said that that movie is like. I love that movie. He, okay. Um, well, you know what I mean. People are wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're wrong about the fountain. You're, you're wrong, wrong about, about the whale. Aronofsky. Okay, he's great. All of them. Um, all of them. <laughs> you're right, but yeah, I don't know. That's the one part of for me. It was just like, "Let me dick, really." All right, okay. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, they could <laughs> all not also also they could call him the whale without it being a derogatory term. I don't know all if right. that's the whole point. Ed, but <laughs> I, I don't think this movie's worried about that. So. It's one. It's definitely not. <laughs> but I mean, the whale is something you're chasing after to make your life have meaning. Yeah. It's a, it's about oh, and it's a white whale, and he's it. white. I get it now. Oh, okay. I don't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not. I mean, not only that, but I. I don't know. I'd probably be more okay with Moby Dick if it wasn't called Moby Dick. It's just the, like the dumbest sounding name. I mean, it probably didn't sound dumb at the time. In the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Context is everything, man. Uh, Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Moby Dick. It's like, I think if people knew how <laughs> the word dick would be connotized <laughs> now, people 50 years ago would not have named their children, you know? <laughs> Richard? <laughs> Just well, <call> Richard. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Where are we going to call Robin? Dick Grayson. Uh, yeah, I'm a, just Moby Dick. Moby Dick. I don't know. I think it's I like a cool it. name. <laughs> just call him all Moby. Just, just, just call him Moby. Here. Moby just sounds... Now just he just sounds a little... Moby Richard. Moby Richard. <laughs> <laughs> a, new, a new book by Herman Melville. <laughs> he's, de- he's been dead for a while. Moby Richard. Excuse me? <laughs> That's like in the wave of all the like book bannings and things like that. Like that's the retitling of the, the connotation is just too. It's just like, it's too silly. We gotta rename the whale. <laughs> well, I mean the name's right there. What do you mean? It's a nickname, Moby Richard. <laughs> Moby Richard. <laughs> why? Why is the whale named that? <laughs> 
<laughs> you have like this epic sea tale, and you're like, like Herman Melville's like sitting there, like, what am I going to call the whale? I mean, it is a pretty it's, epic name. If you have take it. away any sort of modern connotation, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, the wow, this is actually definitely got to have a name and a surname. <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Or no, he really wanted to call him Moby Richard, and then the yeah, the, his publisher was like, "Shorten it, shorten it, Moby Dick." Sounds great, perfect. <laughs> Moby Richard. Fun fact about Moby Dick: that book was written during a time when they paid authors by the word, and so if you read that book, the story is actually not that long. But there are sections where, in as they mention in the whale, <laughs> that he just kind of goes off, <laughs> off track a little bit and just talks about whaling and whales and ships and other things and lots and lots of detail that is not necessary. And if you know that he was writing, he was getting paid by the word, you understand why a lot of that's in there. Now, you can definitely see find some beauty in it because he's a good author and so he's, he's a good writer, so they're still good, but... They may not have been in there as so, much. So Moby Dick's he like been, uh, <laughs> the Final Fantasy of novels. You think Final Fantasy games are long because they get paid by the amount no, of content? No, but there was so much shovelware in the 80s that they were like, just shut all this down. And Final Fantasy was called Final Fantasy because it was like right. they, okay. yeah, their yeah, last yeah. attempt at making a good game in the middle of all this shovelware. Yeah. So much so they literally called it shovelware. <laughs> like we're burying this in the desert with shovels. <laughs> Gosh, which uh, they did with some of the games in the eighties. Yeah, so I had no idea Moby Dick was the Final Fantasy of its time. Well, um, <laughs> Moby, I still any... prefer, I do prefer Moby Richard. <laughs> Moby Richard. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot here today. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. I don't care what anybody else thinks. <laughs> but I do care. I do care about your interesting perspectives. Let's I uh, agree with them. <laughs> so, so, any last thoughts? Uh, mm, I mean, I had some, but I got cut. So, leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the part where he tells you that he cut some things. Uh, do what you will. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> this is about movies. 